It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Phillies Backstage. I'm Tom Burgoyne, joined once again by my partner, Director of Fun and Games, the very photogenic John Brazier. Photogenic? Why are you saying that, Tom? <laughs> John, why, photogenic. Why are you coming right from the get-go? I'm ready to get ripped. Because <laughs> no. I know the rips will be coming. You're photogenic. You know how I know that? Because Saturday morning I woke up, threw on Comcast, watched the they do the 15-minute little roundup in the morning. Why is it only 15 minutes, by the way? They can't do a 30-minute show. Tension spans these oh, days. Oh, jeez. But in any event, um, watching the highlights from the BMW Classic – and uh, we, thanks to you, you uh, graciously invited me uh, Friday. It's um, awesome, by the way. It was awesome. We were in that, oh, BMW Championship. BMW Championship. We, we sat were, in the BMW section. Yes, we did, uh, because you are a BMW owner. <laughs> somehow. <la-di-da>. Somehow. <laughs> really, it's a great incentive to, for me to go out and buy a BMW, because we got great seats and got, uh, had a great a, time. A little private Parking lot, you know? Yeah. But so. it was awesome because we sat on the 17th green exactly. on a par three. Yes. And we were we had plans on just kind of wandering around the, the uh, golf course. But we said, why would we do this when we have our own bar, bathrooms? We got And, and on, when you're sitting in the gallery of a par three, it's awesome because the, the, the ball comes to you. We were having a little wagering on certain guys, <laughs> and we were hoping some guys would get this in the trap. Or yeah. It was a lot of fun. It, it was perfect. Well, it was the uh, the day after the Eagles game, and uh, I was at the Eagles game. I didn't get home till 3 o'clock in the morning, so I got about two and a half hours sleep. We were with Wheels, and uh, God bless Wheels. He As soon as we got there, he's like, guys, I'm off. And he walked up and down yep. the fairways. He followed a couple of the players. We sat like two bumps on a log <laughs> you know, right at the seven. The deep hole there. It didn't move. But, yeah, par threes at a golf tournament like that are cool because, first of all, you see everybody. We had great seats. Uh, You see their tee shot. It's like like every hole is the closest to the pin contest. uh, But on Saturday morning, there I am watching uh, Tiger. Um, uh, He missed it. He missed his – He did. uh, He missed that putt. That par putt. So he uh, he bogeyed uh, 17. So they showed that highlight on Comcast. And I had a still frame, John. You had to look for you. You I I did. I paused it. And there uh, you were, your brother Bill and uh, me, and, and like we both, we all reacted when he when he missed it. It was like ah, oh, Tiger. Well, you know? as you know, I played Aronimink. My cousin uh, belongs there. He's a uh, bigwig out there, and he brought myself and Reese Hoskins and Andrew Knapp. By the way, they're both good golfers. Andrew Knapp especially. Um, but we golfed. So I on the uh, the last hole, 18 hole. Now where we. Uh, teed off from was much different from one of the pros. I mean, some holes, it was like a hundred yard difference. Uh, but the 18 was a pretty big difference, but I was, I did a good drive and I got up on the green, right? I had a eight foot putt for a birdie. I wanted to make that so badly because if I made that putt, I I would have made you sit in the gallery of the 18th hole and every guy that part, I'd be like, I birdied that one. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I birdied this one. You birdied that. Yeah, but what you had like an eighty-eight or eighty-nine that day, right? I did. Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty awesome on Neuronomic. Thank you very much. The ladies' teams, right? Yeah. More importantly, I didn't lose a ball. I think it's the first time I've ever golfed and didn't lose a ball. That's crazy. I mean, I lose a ball in the miniature golf course, John. (laughs) I do too. I don't think I've ever gone around without losing at least one ball. But uh, that was a great day. I'm so sorry, Justin Rose didn't win. uh, you know, he won the AT&T Classic in 2010. Uh, my son Andrew and I were there for that, and he was such a gracious guy. I love Philadelphia. And then he wins Marion. Yep. Yeah, you know, the U.S. Open. And, of course, he's saying it's because of the cheesesteaks. He wound up, after he won, he's, he uh, signed up to be a member at Marion. And uh, it's he like, go through the whole process. Yeah, he went through the whole process. I think it's the only club in the United States that he belongs to. And he goes to Pine Valley. You know, I think he comes to Philadelphia once a year just to play Marion, and then they do the Pine Valley thing. But 
But yeah. uh, I was bummed he he lost it on a on a putt on the 18th. He could have won it. It went in and out. Yeah, I mean oh, it was brutal. Just barely. Yeah. Now also what started up is fantasy football. Are you? Uh, are, I know you are a member of fantasy football because a participant. I may. We are in the same league. Same league. I'm. A, we're both charter members of that league, yes. John. We've been playing fantasy football for a long time, and. Uh, I, I don't know, John. I, I, I sometimes wor- worry about your mental health. I really do, man. <laughs> Just because fantasy football. Rob Brooks is here. In general. Rob, Rob knows in that general? when the Philly in general when the Phillies are going bad and you're in your office watching the game, John's always throwing. It's, it, Rob isn't he always throwing stuff at the TV? He's cursing, and it's like I, the first inning. It's like John. I, <laughs> yeah. I actually I, I the had, yesterday I had our our HR person uh, wondering about my sanity <laughs> because the game was in the first game there wasn't a whole lot of action going on right. and we finally got a hit right it was after a long time there was finally some action because there was strikeouts strikeouts and this and that and when <laughs> Oh my God, I hit. I screamed at the top of my lung, there's action. There's finally action. And and she thought something was wrong. See? And she should. You should be evaluated by HR, John. Uh, you really should be. I don't know if HR is the right. I think I should be evaluated by mental health services. Well, so now we're talking about fantasy football. You told me, this was the week one, yeah. and you were telling me, oh, I'm losing you know, to Bucky uh, in our office. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to quit the game. I'm done with fantasy football. I'm, Happens all you know, the time. Qu- and quit every week. And here I just assumed, and you were going into Monday Night Football, so, you know, uh, but I just assumed you were so out of it. I figured you were down 100 points. And then the next day you're texting me, oh, I beat Bucky, you know, his, <laughs> he, his receiver only got one point. And don't, you have to have faith, man. You got to stick with your team. Well, let me just tell you, Dave Buck, <laughs> Dave Buck, not to go off on a side rail, because we are going to have Ben Davis at some point, but <laughs> Dave Buck is the biggest needler yeah, he in the league. There's always one league that has the big needler, and yes. he's like the biggest needler. So I'm losing to him, not only losing, but he's sending me texts saying, uh, by the way, I'm doubling you in points, right? And I'm already upset enough. The Phillies have lost on Sunday, and I got, I'm losing my fan- first week of fantasy, and I'm getting doubled up. And then he sends another one, like half an hour later, says, not only am I doubling you up, but I'm also doubling you up plus five, right? So <laughs> So somehow I make this miraculous recovery. It comes down to Monday night, and all he needs is three points from Amari Cooper, right? I'm done. I'm not even watch. I didn't watch the game. I was reading a book or doing whatever. And all of a sudden, I, I woke up. Somehow I woke up at like 3 in the morning, and I said, I'm just going to see how much I got slaughtered by. Sure enough, Amari Cooper got one catch, <laughs> and I ended up winning, right? <laughs> so because Bucky's the big kneeler, I sent him a text at you know, God knows how long when it was. But I said, when your guy with two legs gets basically a goose egg, that's Amari. Oh, that's killer. <laughs> and I said, when you're doubling the score and you just need a few more, that's Amari. <laughs> he was not happy. <laughs> this is week one, Rob Brooks. Yes. It's going to get ugly. This yes. is going to be an ugly fantasy football yeah. season. But uh, And we had some tarp issues, too. Yeah, you know, we're looking out at the tarp. You know, I, I started to think. We had Mike Buckholder on as our last guest, John. Yes. And I'm like, it, I ho- you know how there's a Sports Illustrated chink? I hope, like, Ben Davis doesn't get hit by a car on his way out of the ballpark because uh yeah you know it was you know it was a tough night i mean uh, i know we can joke we can joke now but it is a shame uh, certainly for the fans who came down it did screw up our schedule thankfully we got you know uh, we made up the game all right but uh it was funny john because i was thinking of the interview we had with mike and we were saying you know at baker bowl you know they uh, gasoline. Yeah, when they had puddles on the field, they would pour gasoline, light the light light it on fire, and burn off the water that way off the field. Well, Mike's like, oh well, you know, now we have Citizen Bank Park. <laughs> it's such torches. a fancy. Now yeah, we have blow torches. Yeah, a, a couple days later, he's got blow torches. <laughs> I out thought they were the making field. creme brulee out there. <laughs> creme brulee. <laughs> Little bananas, Foster. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what are they making out there? Well, we are. Sarge started going out there looking for a little dessert. Oh man, we are laughing now, but it was it was a bummer. And uh, you know, to their credit, though, right, John? I mean, really, they worked super hard to get that pl- because really, it, you know, they were sinking into the into the dirt, and it's like, are we going to be ready to play on Tuesday? Because uh, rain was in the forecast. They worked all night. They had helicopters scheduled to come in and actually hover over the field. It's an old baseball trick. It's been used uh, for many years uh, in all sports, but certainly in baseball. But uh, because of the fog on Tuesday morning, they couldn't bring the helicopters in, and they thought, oh boy, you know, hopefully we can still get it ready. But the field was ready, and uh, they did a heck of a job getting it together. I remember one time, this was probably about eight years ago, Scott Palmer and I were up at, we happened to be up with Dave Montgomery, and uh, 
And next thing you know, the, 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 the flash storm hit. And next thing you know, like everyone starts, it's all hands on deck to get the tar- tarp out, right? Because it's a flash storm. So Scott Palmer and I felt compelled because we're right there with Dave Montgomery of all people. So we're like, we got to go. So we're like, Dave, we're on the, you know, we're going to go help out. So we get down there. I have no idea what I'm doing. And pulling the tarp when, when there's, you know, gusts of wind up to like 40 miles an hour and pouring rain, it's, that's hazardous duty right there. Because you're pulling, everyone's pulling. And if you, if you fall, you're, you're you could be. <laughs> Underneath that tarp and in big trouble. Yeah. So that was, uh, you know, not, not thankfully nothing happened. But, but is that the only time you've ever pulled no, the tarp? I've done it a couple other times, but it's uh, that was the scariest time. <laughs> I know. We, we're such wimps, though. It's like the ground crew guys go out there in All the rain, the time, and yeah. they're looking for volunteers. Like, ah, I got my uh, my work shoes on. You know, these, <laughs> these shoes cost me 40 bucks. You know? <laughs> I'm not going to go out there in my, loaf, my ruin, penny loafers. Can't ruin your new sketchers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, those guys were pretty dirty at the end of that night. Oh, my gosh. Um, but they did a great job. And uh, and hopefully all the fans, as usual, John, you know, the Phillies do such a nice job of uh, making good. And uh, certainly those tickets are going to be redeemed for any game for the rest of this season. You can use it uh, April and May of next season. And, um, you know, hopefully it'll all work out. Um, hey, the, one other thing I want to bring up, because – uh, this was such a big thing on social media. Uh, did you see that the Philadelphia Union unveiled their new mascot? No. Yeah, you didn't see it. They haven't Seriously? had a mascot to this point. No, they haven't had a, a mascot. And to me, it's it could really work for them. How long um, have they been? In, they've been in existence for a while. Two thousand eight. I think they came into existence, but their first game I think was two thousand ten. I'm surprised they never had a mascot. Yeah, no mascot. I know they had like the Sons of Ben, which were kind of they weren't really mascot, but it was no, like it's a the fan group, fan group, which right. just make going to those game so much fun. I mean, they really energize the place. And so to me, a mascot's going to work down there. But, uh, you know, they've never had one. So they did the old, let's turn to the kids. So they surveyed kids. They got 500 respondents. You know, uh, it was, you know what kind of uh, mascot should we have? Uh, they wound up going with a snake. Now, a snake, that, that's a pretty tough <laughs> costume to make because while they unveiled it at the zoo, uh, some of the, you know, the fanatic was there and some of his buddies, and it's a snake that has arms and legs. And stands? And stands, yeah, and has a mohawk. And it's pretty cool looking. And I think this thing will absolutely take off. Just got to give it some time. But, of course, the initial reaction on most mascots, really, John, I can't think of the last time a mascot was introduced that everybody was, like, crazy for. Everybody's very critical when it comes to mascots. Like, oh, it should have been this or it doesn't look right or this. So uh, it got a little bit of bad publicity just because people thought, ah, Snake doesn't have a mohawk. And, yeah. and arms and legs. Well, it's like, well, no. Well, that's <laughs> right, right, it's for kids. Right, you know, right. I think that's the fun of I it. I don't think funny when I think snakes. <laughs> I know. Well, I don't know. I, I think it, I think that that crowd can get so bonzo, you know, with the sons of Ben that you know if that guy lets himself be like, you know, pushed, you know, uh, carried around through the section, you know, Dude, how you know. But mascots also are fat. Is he a fat snake? No, no, he's skinny. He's skinny snake. <laughs> yeah. No, not all mascots are fat. I think it's going to work, John. I like it. I'm a fan. Uh, okay, yeah. I like the yeah, gecko. It actually the gecko. does right. look. And that's right. what people were saying, too, John. They were like, it looks like a gecko. It looks like a dragon. It looks like a salamander. So it kind of has that look. Not quite snake-like, but uh, it's cool. I, I'm on record to say it's going to work. All I'm, right. I'm a big fan of Fang. I like it. And, of course, it's Fang with a PH. They ripped that off the Fanatic fang. a little bit. But I like it. Fang. Uh, Hey, we got a great guest today, don't we, John? We do. Philadelphia's local, or the the Philly's own Ben Davis. I'm very excited because Ben played many years. Well, first of all, he was a number two pick in the overall Major League Baseball draft. Philadelphia kid, Malvern Prep. Yeah. Uh, and then he spent, you know, he, he's been on a lot of fun team, right? The ran- yeah. ranch, what is it? The Cucamongas? <laughs> yeah, right? Ran- Ranchero. Ranch- Ranchero, Southern Cucamongas. Uh, yeah, yeah. He played in Vegas. He played everywhere. You know, he played with Ichiro. Mm. He uh, was involved in controversies. He, It's going to be a fun. I love Ben, too. He's got great stories. Well, he's one of the nicest guys around here, so it's going to be fun. And w- the one thing that fascinates me about Ben is, like, he was one of those like prodigy kid uh, baseball players. Oh, yeah. And I always think, you know, we all play baseball. And other sports, too. The other sports, he yeah. He played hoops. I, I can't yep. wait to talk to him about uh, he played hoops against uh, Kobe. Yeah. But, you know, when you're playing little league, you know, baseball, you're, you always run up against those kids who people think, wow, this guy has it, you know. And uh, I would have liked to bin that guy. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, well, he still has the hair, you know. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. He's, as we're losing our hair, he's, he's he making somehow it, gets more hair. He's making it work, you yeah. Could tee, you could tee off that hair, <laughs> right? 
He looks good. He looks good in a hotel lobby, as the, as Whitey would say. <laughs> Whitey, Whitey, that was his line on Pat Burrell. Looks good in a hotel lobby. But uh, all right, well, enough chit chat. Uh, Ben's going to be here in a minute, and uh, we'll take a little break, and we'll be right back with Ben Davis. Bring your family to a Phillies game this season, and your kids can play as hard as the athletes. At The Yard at Citizens Bank Park, you'll find free activities like the Citizens Bank Fan Field, the Fanatic Rock Climbing Wall, and even a mini bullpen for your littlest pitchers. Plus, there's the Turkey Hill Ice Cream Bar and a special Hatfield Franks Hot Dog Launcher. It's all new right in The Yard at Citizens Bank Park, open before and during every Phillies home game. For tickets or info, visit phillies.com. We are back, Phillies backstage, uh, and John, look who just walked in the room, Ben Davis. How about it, Ben? Right on time, huh? Yeah. <laughs> ben, uh, hair number 53 is out of place, by the way. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it uh, that's Al. That hair. That piece of hair. He names his hair. Al? Is yeah. that each name? strand. You name your hair? Yeah, each strand is named. You do? Is, no. that, is Al always out of place? Al's no. He's a radical. <laughs> What's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm good. Now, you know at the very end we have a quiz. Right. And I'm going to give you uh, subjects that are right up your alley. Okay. Okay. So that's at the very end. So don't worry about that. But, Tom, why don't we lead him right into uh, what you want to talk about? I don't know. What are we going to talk to Ben about? <laughs> we see him every day. Uh, are you working tonight? I am working tonight. Right, you're Otherwise, in the I wouldn't be here. You're, but you're in the booth? <laughs> Listen, you work more than uh, – you're working almost as much as uh, Barkan now. I mean, you know, you're like the new Barkan. You're everywhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the booth tonight. We're off tomorrow, obviously. I'm back in the studio Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Then back in the booth Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, and you I, like that. It mixes it up. You know, yeah. Is there one your favorite? Do you like being in the booth? I, I prefer being in the booth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, just, I just love being a part of the broadcast and talking baseball. Nice. All right, yeah. now ben, you have like 25 kids, so <laughs> during the off day, what do you do during the off day? Um, tomorrow morning, we'll get up. The oldest gets on the bus at 7. The girls get on at 7.45. I'm sorry, they get on the bus at 8.45. We'll get them off, and then I'll go to the Y in Kennett, work out for a couple hours, come back. Um, hang out, do, do try and well try and do stuff around the house. I'm not very handy, but uh, usually laundry is involved at some point because the six people in the house yeah. take the dog out, let him run around a little bit, and then the work kid, on the farm. Don't you have work on the farm? Uh, not right now. It's too wet. Okay. So we'll bail uh, probably in two weeks again. Okay. Not gonna shoot anything. N- uh, not yet. Okay. Not yet. Um, hunting season will and will start in the beginning of the month. We're Close to it, or at the end of the month, I should say. Um, yeah, and then, you know, the oldest gets off the bus at 3, and then from then it's just 3 o'clock till 9.30. It's oh, just go, 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 go. Right. It's just... And, and it's sports, uh, the kids are playing sports? Or? Yeah, the oldest plays, right now he's playing football and basketball. The girls are in volleyball and basketball. So, okay. yeah, it's... Uh, and the, the little one, Mickey, just started preschool, so... Uh, he's preschool Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 9 to 12, so it actually gives us a little break in the morning. And he just signed with Clemson Baseball, the preschooler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they already got him signed. Nice. Now, as a parent, we're all parents. Uh, are you not reliving your glory years, but uh, are you seeing that through your kids as they're getting into sports, kind of like re- some of those memories you might have when you first started playing organized sports? A little bit. Um, yeah. I, I like to look at it th- for from the simple fact that I, I get enjoyment out of them having fun playing. And they, they do. They enjoy it. Everyone asks, well, is your son going to, you know, is your son going to be a catcher? And I said, well, the oldest one's not. And they're like, why not? I said, well, first of all, he's wrong-handed. So uh, lefties are not allowed to play catcher. Um, but he just, you know, whatever. Well, what's his favorite sport? I said, whatever one he's, he's playing at the time. And that's great for, for me. Um, you know, he's playing football right now and basketball. Basketball is just one game a week. That's not a big deal. Um, but so if I, he switched from baseball to lacrosse, you would have no issue? Um, I, I would. I would. I don't think he's – I don't think he has the – the right uh, makeup for lacrosse. Uh, you got to be a little faster, I think. And unfortunately, he got my speed. <laughs> <laughs> Lumbering. But uh, the girls, the girls love lacrosse. Yeah, yeah. The, the girls love lacrosse. Yeah. It's fun to watch them play. All right, but let's talk about you growing up because you obviously grew up in Aston, right? Mm-hmm. And then you went to Malvern Prep. Uh, the other now, prep. I like to call it the other yeah, prep. So we have oh, I just read an article. Not to interrupt you. Go ahead. I just read an article that Saint Joe Prep. And Harford School still have athletic programs. Uh, I just saw you that. came in with I that. Just, I just you were saw so that. ready to land that line, weren't you? 
<laughs> oh my gosh, Ben gets so that. aggravated when people when people go, hey, where, where'd you go to school? And oh. Saint Joe's prep guys go always go, hey, the prep. Yeah. And it's like, well, there's two, there's another prep. The Malvern well, prep's we, the prep. We never claim to be the prep, right? We always say Malvern or Malvern prep. We never say the prep. It just flows the very prep naturally. Is, for we us. all know it's it's your alma mater, That's Saint it. Joe's prep. That's right. God bless so America. So Ben, when you played at Malvern prep, <laughs> yes. a, couple, a lot of people don't know this, but you played hoops against uh, Kobe. Yeah, for three right? years. Yeah. Now, how did that go? It was good. Did um, you guard him? Uh, I, I believe at some point. Some point? I was, yeah, I was more of an offensive mindset, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> so, not a, you didn't spend too much time in there. Not uh, a lot of defense. No, and I hardly ever went inside the three-point line. Um, but, yeah, I loved basketball. I, I really did. Um, and not, not to brag, but I actually was MVP of the Interact in my senior year. And uh, One cool story was we were, we were playing at Lower Marion. They had a Christmas tournament every year. And we're playing against Kobe, and, and there were a lot of scouts there. And Mrs. Tossi, who was our coach's uh, wife, was sitting amidst all the scouts. And they said, wow, we like that number 31. He's, he's a good ball player. You know, and Mr. Tossi said, save it, boys. He's playing baseball. So, um, but I loved basketball. Uh, Friday night, packed gym. It's like that old gym at, at Hereford School. Yeah. That place was awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it was it, a lot of good memories. You know, the packed, crowded gym, hot in there. You know, that is a screaming. shame. You know, when you think about it, like, it, it's it's the memories of that. You know, you got, like, I remember, like, our old wrestling gym where mm. it was just small and it was gritty yeah. and dusty and you know what i mean now all these like these kids now have these monuments you know like yeah. these gyms that Beautiful are so, like, gyms. newfangled yeah. with the bleachers and the new scoreboards and everything and is roman's I, gym the same is that still, romans is still that? the same i believe that's yeah. good that's yeah. a, but like the, that old gym i was talking about harvard school it's mm. literally like a gym out of hoosiers yeah it was right. awesome yeah it was it was a fun place to play so when did you know as a baseball player when did you know that you were i mean you end up obviously being the number two pick uh, and according to Baseball America, you know, they were, before you got drafted, they were saying you're the you're the uh, most ready to be a major leaguer in the draft. You're the best defensive catcher. Like, when did you know that you had a chance to take it to the next level? Was it like eighth grade, tenth grade, senior? Uh, I, I would say that the day I got drafted. Really? I coming from a, a school that graduated 80 kids a year in in Pennsylvania, and. You know, my senior, my junior year, I think we played 15 games. The weather my junior year was horrible. And we just didn't really – we weren't that very good a team, to be honest with you. Um, we didn't play a lot of teams. I was fortunate because a lot of scouts came to see my brother. And my brother mm. got drafted after his senior year in the 18th round. He had a full ride to Vanderbilt. He's so older. He's older. Older and only, yes. Right. He's 15 months older. So he had a full ride to Vanderbilt. Mm. But they came to see him. They're like, oh, look at that skinny little catcher. He's got a good mm. arm. So I think that helped out. One other thing that really helped out was I was able to play for the junior national team for the United States uh, in the summer of 94, so going into my senior year. and uh, we actually, where, where was that held? Well, the, the, the world event was held in Brandon, Manitoba, which is just above North Dakota. And I was defensive player of the, the whole tournament. We unfortunately got a silver medal to, I think we lost to Chinese Taipei or, or, uh, or South Korea, I forget. Um, but it was what an experience, man! It was awesome. It was a beautiful yeah, really? country, and you know. And then I went to the Erico games, and I had I played pretty well. And then people started talking, and they go, oh, "He's going to go high in the pick." And um, I started going on recruiting visits, and then I actually had I went on four recruiting visits. My last one was set up to go to Stanford, and uh, Coach Mark was called me a week before. He said, hey, "We're canceling your visit," and I said, "Well, why are you doing that?" And he said, "You'll never step foot on a college campus." And I thought to myself, man, that's pretty smug of him, you know. And and I, I just never really, and he ended up being right, but I, I just never really thought of myself in that kind of light. And when I got drafted number two overall, it was, I mean, I was out riding to John Deere that morning. So it was Erstad, yourself, yeah. Kerry Wood, right? Kerry Wood was number four. Number Jose four. Cruz Jr. was number three. Mm, right, right. Wow, look at that class. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but your mom must have known like she was, you know, uh, shooing away the uh, the, the, the uh, basketball uh, scouts. So uh, she must have known. She saw something wrong. And before you came on, Ben, because John and I were saying, you know, we'd play Little League Baseball. Maybe you'd make the All-Star team. It's like, oh, you make the All-Star team. You know, you're 13, 14 years old. And then you always face like this kid who can just throw flames you know it's like okay well that you know i'm not as good as that kid but like you were probably in that league like oh wow this kid's hitting home runs every time he comes up to bat yeah um yeah you i must guess some inkling not I maybe guess, big legs but uh, one one thing i, I will say I, I was blessed with a very good arm mm -hmm. um and i think that was something that 
obviously helped me out. I I wouldn't still don't consider myself a, an offensive threat by any means. And I thought I had some decent years offensively. But one thing I could do, I could really catch and throw. And that's something, obviously, that helped me get to the big leagues and stay there for a couple of years. Nice. All right, so then you get drafted by the Padres, mm-hmm. right? And you spend some time in the minor leagues. And you, Your you, first assignment. Well, I just love it. Some of the towns. And <laughs> this is what I love about baseball because yes. it's not like college football where you get, you know, you go to Georgia and then you get drafted and you start, you're in camp with Green Bay Packers. I mean, this is like you got to pay your dues. Pay your dues. Right? No matter who you are, if you're the number two pick in the draft. So you spent time in like Idaho Falls, right? Yeah. You went to Rancho Cucamonga, mm-hmm. right? You went to Mobile, uh, Mobile yeah. Alabama, right? Uh, actually, some pretty cool places, Las yeah. Vegas. So what was that journey like in the minor leagues? Well, and, and probably was. I mean, I guess was. And also being the number two pick overall in the draft, did you did you did you at least have some comfort knowing that you know you were going to get every opportunity to keep advancing as opposed to some guys that really have to kind of stick out. You know what I mean? Maybe that were like thirtieth round draft picks that really have to do something special to kind of get noticed. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew that I would you know quote unquote be coddled a little bit more than than the, the other players but I, when i signed i really looked at myself as just another minor leaguer and i knew if i didn't perform i wasn't going to advance you know i i i graduate high school i fly to idaho falls and i get off the plane and i'm one of 24 guys and you know a lot of which didn't speak english um and it was just i mean here i am an 18 year old kid i just graduated and I'm, whoa man I, I guess this is really happening and we literally had 15 hour bus rides in that league it was you know, we played in uh, Montana. We played in, in Canada. Lethbridge and Medicine Hat, Canada. Um, we played in some places, Ogden, Utah, that were... What are those bus trips like? I mean, everybody's seen Bull Durham and, uh, you know, but uh, it's just boring. Everybody just falls asleep. Or is there some card playing? Is uh, there some pranks being pulled? Or There's, you know? <laughs> there's a lot of card playing. Right. Um, I, I remember I had a literally a, a portable cd player i used to the, the scenery out there the country is beautiful yeah. it is absolutely beautiful mm. so i was a, a big fan of just put popping in a cd and put my headphones on and looking out the window i did play a lot of cards um as i m- mm. moved on in the minor leagues um and it was they were they were long i'm telling you they were long i was actually telling someone yesterday about someone had brought up Taco Bell, and I said the summer of 1995 was the last time I ever had Taco Bell. And they said, well, why is that? I said, we were playing in Ogden, Utah, and I had hit a home run earlier in the game left-handed, and the lefty came in the game. And our trainer, John Maxwell, said, if you go deep right-handed, I will buy your supper tonight. And that's a big thing because, you know, I I know I had a, a big signing bonus, but I wasn't allowed to touch any of it. First of all, I lost half of it to Uncle Sam. And then, you know, I was like, man, that's a big deal. So that night... I got free Taco Bell, wow. and I found myself in the bathroom the entire way back to Idaho <laughs> Falls. So that was the last time that I had Taco uh, Bell. By the way, this show is sponsored by Taco Bell. Uh, <laughs> just, just, thanks for blowing our sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of good – that's not a good memory, but a lot of good memories and a lot but, of but cool But I bet you develop like, great relationships in mm-hmm. the minors because you spend those 15 hours on bus rides. So, I mean, do you still keep in touch with some guys that you play with, you know, again, like in Rancho Cucamonga? Or? Yeah. I, I do, um, and one of those guys is, is Gary Matthews Jr., uh, Lil Sarge. Right. Uh, we are from A Ball all the way up to the big leagues together. Uh, we had we had great. Time. Actually, we got to play golf last year down in Atlanta, uh, which was great. Get nice to catch up with him. And um, there's a, there's not a whole lot of guys, uh, but there's still a few Christmas cards exchanged and things like that. So you get caught up in 2000, right? And you spend a brief time. What was that like? Your first experience when you get called up? How well, did, actually, did, yeah, my, my first my first time getting called was in ninety eight. Oh, nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen eight. Ninety eight. Okay. Uh, I was up for a month. Um, I had one at bat. I was basically there just to catch bullpens, and it was cool. Um, that was the year the Padres went to the World Series, and I got to go to the first round against the Astros and go to the Astrodome and see what that was all about. Um, that was one one game I'll never forget. It was Kevin Brown versus Randy Johnson, um, and that was just. You know, electric, and got to see what it was like. Then I went to the fall league after that first series, but um, you know, it was it was once you get to the big leagues, you realize how awful the minor leagues are. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's like right. literally everything up here is better, everything. And uh, unfortunately, I got sent down a couple times as well, and it was like it was like there's a death in the family, you know, when you have to go back down, and it just makes you work harder to get back. What catchers did you kind of use as mentors? Like, who were mentors to you, whether it's in Seattle or whether it's San Diego? 
Well, growing up, I, I just loved everything that Darren Dalton did. Right. You know, he was my guy. He and Sammy and Schmitty, obviously. Uh, but they were my three favorites. And just watching Dutch and the way he handled himself on the field and the stories you heard about him. Uh, but if there's anyone that kind of mentored myself after. Or no, or someone that took you under their wing. Yeah. Like who, um, who, was mostly, who was the starting catcher when you first came up? Carlos Hernandez okay. uh, in, in San Diego. And, you know, I got called up because he had gotten hurt back in 99. And um, and then Jim Lyrich was there as well. And it was just – Carlos was great. He took me under his wing, and I just got to see Los out in San Diego. He sat and talked for a good – for a while. And I, you know, and I made sure I thanked him for everything he did for me as a rookie. And he didn't look at it, well, who's this rookie trying to take my spot? He took me under his wing and helped me out. And that uh, those Padre teams, late 90s, early 2000s, were they any good? Uh, they weren't great. Yeah. Um, but I played with three Hall of Famers, and yeah, Trevor Hoffman, Tony Gwynn, and Ricky Henderson. Wow. And, uh, and some other – Fine, Ken Caminiti, um, Andy Ashby, who I still stay in touch with to this day. He's another guy that really took me under his wing and say, "Do this, do this, don't do that, don't do that, do this." Um, but they, you know, it was a really good bunch. And Bruce Bochy obviously was my manager there for parts of four seasons. The Fanatics' favorite manager, <laughs> Bruce Bochy. That's right. <laughs> so, do, you the, do you know what the fanatic does to poor Bruce Bochy? Uh, yes, I've seen it before. I've seen poor it. Poor Bruce Bochy. Yeah, you, he's the enemy, John. The fanatic. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Bochy, as you know, has a large noggin, and the fanatic always, you know, pretends he's Bruce Bochy and can't, 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 can't stay up straight. Can't, goes left, goes right, goes left, goes right. Can't get bounced out. Can't, can't get bounced like out. An orange on top of a tooth pick. <laughs> Bochy loves it. Bochy loves it. Sputnik. <laughs> oh jeez. Well, hey, uh, Ben, thanks yes. for being here. We're going to take a quick break. All right. All right. When we come back, uh, your next stop is Seattle Mariners, and we want to talk a bit, little bit about that team and Ichiro. And, and Ichiro, because uh, I know you love Ichiro. Yeah, love yeah. Him. Love him. Well, we'll be right back right after this. Bring your family to a Phillies game this season, and your kids can play as hard as the athletes. At The Yard at Citizens Bank Park, you'll find free activities like the Citizens Bank Fan Field, the Fanatic Rock Climbing Wall, and even a mini bullpen for your littlest pitchers. Plus, there's the Turkey Hill Ice Cream Bar and a special Hatfield Frank's Hot Dog Launcher. It's all new right in the yard at Citizens Bank Park, open before and during every Phillies home game. For tickets or info, visit phillies.com. And we are back, Phillies backstage, with Ben Davis. We were just talking about, uh, Ben, your great career. And, um, you know, uh, you went to Seattle, um, and they were just coming off a 116-win season, yeah. which uh, is pretty impressive. And I guess the one thing, I, you know, relating it back to our team today and, um, and relating it even to September call-ups and what's happening here and this whole idea of team chemistry. Because um, I wanted to ask you about that team and, and maybe the chemistry they had uh, that maybe had they had so much success. Um, you know, right now, you know, we brought up some guys at the trade deadline. Of course, we acquired some veterans. Do you think that has anything to do with uh, you know either messing with team chemistry at all? Or I don't think so. I mean, it is. I've never been on a team with 39 players. I'll tell you right. that much. Right. Uh, so from that aspect, it's that's drastically different. But I don't think it really nests up. I mean, you still have the core unit of guys that have been here for the you know the original five months and then into the sixth month in September. So I wouldn't say it, it completely messes that up. Um, yeah. But and, and and we've seen it. I mean, it looks like yeah, our team has embraced all our guys. I mean, Batiste did a home run the other night. They were you know mobbing them, and yeah. you know it looks like these guys have fit right in. But the idea of having thirty nine you know players and maybe another you know it's another. I get uh, done right in the lineup car. I feel like I need a shower. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, it's also a nap or something. But but <laughs> that team, uh, but that team here, you are joining that team coming off one hundred and sixteen wins. I mean, wh- what do you think it was about that team that had such success? Well, having to play them for whatever reason, we. When I was in San Diego, we played the Mariners every year in interleague play. So we had six games against them in 2001. We lost all six. I mean, they were just they were so dynamic. The biggest, obviously, change is the fact that when I got there, Ken Griffey Jr. went to uh, Cincinnati and A. Rod went to Texas. So they were two obviously mm. huge parts that that were no longer there. Um, and it, it was frustrating. My first two years in Seattle, I think we won 93 and 91 games and did not make the playoffs. Um, yeah, had, the A's were in the middle A's, of uh, their yeah, uh, money ball. 2002, I guess. Yep. The, the, yep. the Angels won it all. And it was, I mean, you go into those series, it was a, it was a very good division. And uh, a couple big ballparks to hit in. But it was, 
some great guys on that team. I mean, it was, you know, Brett Boone and Mike Cameron, Edgar Martinez, Ichiro. Buehner, right? Is Buehner on that team? Buehner was not there anymore. Uh, no, he had retired. Um, and it was I mean, Norm Charlton. Storm Norman was my locker yeah, we had partner. Him as, we had him as a Philly. Yeah. Um, so it was it was a great. And it, what a great city. Beautiful. Beautiful. The summers out there are gorgeous. Uh, April, May, not so much. But June, July, August, September. Is it overblown how much it rains out there? Some people say that it's overblown because the Seattle people don't want people to move out to Seattle. Well, I think everyone moves out there. The traffic out there is unbearable. Yeah. It's mm. absolutely unbearable. But, yes, it, it does rain an awful lot. I mean, April and May are miserable. And uh, we were talking about Ichiro. Uh, I know he's always been one of your favorite players. What are some of your memories of uh, Ichiro? Ichiro was that, that type of player that could go over for 4 in a ball game and still have two jaw-dropping something that he did in the ballgame, whether it be a catch or a throw or, you know, beating out an infield hit. He was just – he could beat you in so many different ways. Um, he was a great guy. So, well, still is a great guy. Uh, and worked harder than anybody, I, than anybody I'd ever been around. So I, he's obviously the greatest player you played with or against. I would say Tony Gwynn's the best hitter. Tony Gwynn, right. Yeah. Um, but I think Ichiro might have been all around the best, best ball player. And a great leader. Great leader. Uh, he led by example. And he was just, he never said no. Uh, honestly, I felt bad at, at points where I would, you know, people would call from back home, hey, can you get me this for this charity? And Ichiro, I bet you he signed me 15 bats over the years. And never, the, and, never said no once. And he might, that must have been a mob scene out there because you have, mm. you know, even when we sign, it could be an average Japanese player, mm. we get like huge uh, Japanese contingent in the press box. With Ichiro, I mean, that, he was a celebrity coming over here, much like you know some of the other guys, Arabu and. Um, but I mean, Ichiro was was a special category to himself. And Seattle right? has a huge Asian population right. to begin yeah. with. So there yeah. must have been so many demands on him out there. It was. They said that in Japan, he is more popular than Michael Jordan was here. Hmm. And I remember in, he came over for one spring to come over and. And when I say there was cameras lined up down both, it was from the foul, foul line all the way down to the dugouts. Hmm. Just they're all, you know, sitting down, uh, crisscross applesauce. Um, and they were lined up all the way down <laughs> the, 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 fair, the fair lines or whatever. It was, it, when you say overblown, it was unbelievable. Hmm. And I remember his first at bat, he hit like a chopper up the middle. And I'm like, all right. And it was a like, boop, safe. Stole second. I'm catching. Still second, still third, sack fly, one nothing. And I'm like, wait a minute, what just happened? It was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. Um, but he was he's dynamic. First ballot Hall of Famer all the way. All right, I got to bring this up because uh, in, in t- what year was that, Tom? In 2001, you played the Diamondbacks. Now, I, I side with you on this because Kurt Schilling had a perfect game going into the eighth inning. And I think you were the first batter, right? So you're down. The, your team is is down two nothing. Right. Eighth inning, you did a drag bunt, got on base, and all of a sudden they started controversy. I don't get it. What's the controversy? You're you're, you're down to if it's eight nothing and he's got a perfect game. I guess. Right. Right. But it's two nothing. You 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 play the game to win. Absolutely. Right. So why where was the where did the controversy come from? I know because well, I know Brenly got involved and yeah, Bob, a lot of other people got involved. Yeah, and it was you know the whole dugout was uh, they were irate and like did you foresee that or were you just like no because I went back to catch the next inning and we actually loaded the bases that inning and Kirk got out of it I think we won they won the game three three one eventually at some point but um I think it was who did it like me because I wasn't I had a couple bun hits in my I was a good bunter um but I think the 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 best quote that I had after the game was, I said, did you see my first two at-bats? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. I said, did you think I was going to get a hit swinging it? And he was so good that night. I mean, obviously, he's borderline Hall of Famer and, and tremendous competitor and pitcher. And um, postseason, what he's done is, is phenomenal. But that's it was 2 nothing. And I said, you know what? I'm going to try and get on base here. And it worked. And, and it's amazing how many people still talk about it to this day. But hmm. um, I think the coolest thing – after the fact was we went to Arizona the following week and we had to face Schill again. And that was the year 2001. I, th- I believe they won it in 2001. And, uh, you know, they were selling that place out every night, 50,000 people, whatever it held. 
And now batting number 13, Ben Davis. Boo. You know, 50,000 people right. booing. <laughs> nice. And my first bat, I hit a single up the middle. That's my boy. And the next at bat. That's you're from Philly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah baby. Bat, number 13, Ben <laughs> Boo. I hit a double down the line off Shill. So oh, it was nice. like, it was it was cool. He didn't have quite the same stuff as he had uh, the week before. And did that lead to, were there some uh, tussles? With the Arizona after that, no, uh, no? no, no, there wasn't. There, there were not. Okay, um, so it kind of got think, settled. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of just kind of blew yeah. over um, for most people. Mm-hmm. All right, so you retired from baseball, but then before you got out of the minors or major, out of the majors, you decided to try a shot as a pitcher mm-hmm. for the Camden River Sharks right across the street, or right across the river, I should say. How how cool is that? Like you, was, ju- you just said, you know what? I want I've got a good arm. Why not try pitching? Yeah, it was cool. It, well, actually, before that, um, I actually signed with the Reds to, to pitch. I had gone to a, a local scout here, um, ended up signing me, and I go to camp with the Reds, and uh, I end up being the, the closer uh, in A ball. I believe I was thirty or thirty-one did, years old. Did you old. have walk-up music? No, I did not. <laughs> I did not. Um, but I. You know, like I said, I, I, had a, I knew I couldn't hit anymore. It was just bat speed had evaporated, and I, I still could throw a ball, throw a wall. So what I did should, you throw? I threw a four-seamer, a sinker, a pretty decent change-up, and a terrible slider. <laughs> and the four-seamer topped out of what? Or at, uh, I would hit 95, 96. Okay. Wow, yeah. is that right? Yeah, but with, I, move, I, with movement? or Well, the sinker was – I had a little bit more movement with the sinker. Um, and I would run that in on righties, but – I. The best pitch in baseball is a located fastball. I don't care what you say, and I, I, I was pretty pretty accurate. So. Could Jorge Alfaro hit a hundred on the gun if he was a pitcher? And no, no, no. I don't think so. You got to have a form, and yeah. you know, right, right. Yeah, um, but it was it was I was closing, and I got called in the office, and I had felt something in my shoulder, and I was like, eh. And I got called in the office, and the, my manager said, uh, "Hey, congrats, pack your bags, you're going to Double A in the morning." I said, "Oh, that's great." And I woke up the next day, I couldn't lift my arm. <sighs> So I ended up having surgery, my AC joint, my right AC joint. And then I went back to Camden the following year. I said, well, I'm doing all this rehab. I might as well give it one more go-round. And I played that summer out, and that was it. So then you also then did a lot of work on WIP, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You did a lot of uh, guest stints on there. And that led kind of to an opening for the Phillies broadcast job. And now how many you've been doing it now for? Uh, this is my fourth year in the booth. Year. Uh, seventh year overall doing it in the studio. So and I, I you know I'll tell you right now that uh, we talk about the connections and the that we have over the years and the reason I'm sitting in this chair is because of Fran Dunphy, um, Fran Dunphy and Neil Hartman. They were the two people that really got me. I saw Fran out one night at a Malvern event. He said, hey, you should do some baseball work on TV for the Phillies. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> how do I do that? Um, so Fran called Neil Hartman. Neil Hartman called me the following day. And I talked to Neil for a while. He got me an interview with Michelle Murray across the street. And I did a demo with Amy Fadul. And I just kind of got my foot in the door and started to get on TV a little bit more. And next thing I know, I'm pre and post. And then... And Ben, I know how much you love being home. You know, we've talked about this a little bit, you know, just how much you love this area. So how important was it for you to have a kind of a steady gig here in Philly? I guess you probably got offers to maybe coach or maybe stay in the game to some degree, which would involve probably travel and all that. But how important is it to to stay here in Philadelphia? Well, it's huge to stay. Like I said, I played in three wonderful cities in the big leagues, but there was never any doubt that this is where I would still live. And I mean, my wife's from here. You married your high school sweetheart, right? She was my high school sweetheart. We've known each other growing up. Okay. Um, you know, and Aston, everybody knows each other. <laughs> it's three miles long. Um, but it's, you know, it, it's, uh, this is home. And I like the four seasons. Uh, I like being outdoors and out where we live is a beautiful area. And, and um, you know, this is it. Nice. Well, well, I t- and I tell you what, too, and I'm not just saying this, that when whenever somebody becomes an announcer, and this even happened to Harry, you know, you're going to get criticism from the fans because they're used to the former broadcaster, right? So Larry Anderson, when he took over, I mean, it's just everybody, you're, it's, you're, it's very rare if you're immune from that. And I tell you, what, you and Scott Fransky are the two in most recent history that, for the most part, I can't remember anybody, because we always get it. You're out in the subject, oh, my God, I can't believe so-and-so. Yeah, everybody has an opinion about announcers. Everyone has an opinion about announcers, yeah. everybody. Yeah. And I'm telling you, man, you... you, you you're one of the few, again, Scott Francis, the same way, that you never hear anything. I don't think I've ever heard one person say anything negative, which, again, is a tribute. In Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, it's <laughs> exactly. a huge tribute. And you work with Angelo Catali. <laughs> right. Well, I appreciate so. that. I, I, I absolutely love what I do. And despite the fact I never played for the Phillies, I've, you know, it's people, can, I think, can associate with me. I know more about the Phillies than 
most people. And, um, you know, it, it's, I think it's, it helps. I go to Wawa and get a coffee and, hey, Ben, what happened last night? You know, you end up talking with folks. It's, it's great. I absolutely love what I do, but I appreciate the compliment. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you're going to regret staying in the Philadelphia area working because you're now <laughs> going to be subjected to John Brazier's uh, trivia challenge. Dun, 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 dun. And, uh, what does he, what does he win if he gets, you know what? You're going to love this, Ben, because, and you probably know this, on Tuesday, September 18th, against the Mets, it's Irish Heritage Night. Nice. Presented by um, Aer Lingus. And we're giving out, if you go on theme nights, you got to go on the theme nights page. There's an Irish Heritage Celebration uh, hat, Philly's cap. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I have not. It's spectacular. If you get six of eight of these questions, Ben, you'll be the winner of the Irish cap. Wow. Well, there it thank is. Thank you. I would have settled for a hug for the fanatic, but I don't know if you could work that out or not. We got it. We got it. All right. You ready? Six out of eight, he said. Six out of eight. Okay. okay. Here we go. All right. So these are right in your alley, all the different subjects. Okay? okay. Which of these celebrities did not go to Malvern Prep? Okay. One of these guys did not go to Malvern Prep. Is it Alex Hornerbrook, who's <laughs> the quarterback of Wisconsin, who's also your nephew. So. That's a celebrity? <laughs> that, that, that's, that, uh, this is good. That was, hey, Rob Brooks, this is going to be another disaster <laughs> quiz, I think. This is good. That's his, nep- his nephew is a starting quarterback for Wisconsin. All right. Is it, is it Alex Hornerbrook? Is it actor David Boreanaz, who played an Angel, Bones, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, SEAL team? Uh, Jim Croce or Pe- uh, Pete Conrad, who's an astronaut? Which one did not? Jim Croce, Bad, Bad Leroy Brown, you know, operator, time in a bottle. I'll just say Jim Croce. No, I led you down there. Jim Croce did a post-grad year at Malvern. We didn't have post-grad? What's he did that? A, that's what it's, he did. A po- he went to Upper Derby, then he did a post-grad year at Malvern. I don't know. He, What's a post-grad? I guess he, he didn't have a post-grad program. He, he did. That's what it said on Wikipedia, and I believe everything they say on Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, Pete Conrad is the right answer because an astronaut would never go anywhere near Malvern Prep. He went to Harvard School. So that is the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the answer. <laughs> uh, do you want time to tell you a quick story about an astronaut? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> There's a local eating establishment right down the street from me um, called the Blue Pair, and uh, Jim Barnes is the owner. He's you know, a good friend, and we go in there from time to time, and he likes to greet the patrons that come in. And one time he came in with this doctor and his wife that always come in there, and the doctor and the wife brought another couple. So Jim goes up to him and he says, hey, my Jim Barnes, the owner of your establishment. He said, blah, blah, blah. He said, what do you do for a living? And the guy said, well, I travel a lot. Jim goes, hmm. He said, what do you do? He goes, well, I, you know, I, I fly a lot. He goes... And Jim kind of walked away. And he's like, the nerve of this guy. I'm making myself going out and extending myself. He comes back. He goes, hey, I don't want to get in your business, but, like, why won't you tell me what you do? He goes, I'm an astronaut. <laughs> and Jim looked at him. He goes, really? He goes, that's why I just tell people I travel. Yeah, yeah, Nobody yeah. believes me. Nobody believes me. Like, have you ever met an astronaut? I know. Average school grad, Pete Conrad. There you go. But we, we were, we'll we'll give one. you that. No, we'll give you that one. Because okay. that was a trick question. Okay. All right. All right. We're going to give that to you. In the, nation, in the Natural, the movie that you love, mm-hmm. right? You love The Natural. It was on the other night, by the way. Okay. Who were the Knights playing when Roy Hobbs ripped the, quote, cover off the ball? Phillies. The fi- I didn't even have to give you the... F- yep, you Bang. Got it. No, nice. I was going to give you a choice. That's not a ball. I want a real ball. That's what he says. <laughs> All right. This is a tough one. You're also a fan of The Office, yes. right? So what actor slash actress on The Office has the same name as his, her character? So this Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard? Is the actor's name too? Yeah. In real life? Yeah. Yeah. Is it Ryan Howard? Ryan Howard? Yeah. All right, then you got it right. I was going to say... What, you didn't have the answer? I was going to say Creed Bratton, but I'll give you Ryan Howard because I don't watch his show. (laughs) So you are now... How crazy when it does all these. You are now three for three. All right, this gets a little... Harder. I cannot stop watching that show. It is, oh my gosh, it's funny. All my right. son Matthew just ripped through a whole, the, oh. he'd never seen it before. He ripped through all, all the seasons. On, we're only on yeah. season six. It, it's just. <laughs> all right, John Jameson. You're yes. a big fan of Jameson's, mm-hmm. right? John Jameson. Jameson never plural. Jameson. John Jameson, the distillery's namesake, was born and raised in what country? Was it Scotland, Ireland, England, or Wales? I believe it was England. That is incorrect. It's Scotland. Scotland. Oh. He married into I an Irish it, family. I know he was an distillery. Irish. Right. Yeah, sorry. Well, well, I'm not going to give you that one. So you're one for four now. What percentage, you love hair too, right? Yes. What percentage of American women color their hair? <laughs> is, it, is it 45%, 85%, 50%, or 65%? 65%. 65% is correct. He knew that one. He, he knows was, his hair he trivia, knows his John. Hair. All right. The next two are about Ichiro. When Ichiro hit two home runs in a game for the first time in his major league career in 2002, which would be your, your teammate, mm-hmm. right? 
Who did he do it against? Oh. First time he hit two home runs in a game. Was it against the White Sox, Devil Rays, Indians, or Angels? I'm going to say the Indians. Nope, the Devil Rays. Devil right. Rays. you got, you got to get the next two right. What is the name of Ichiro's wife? Do you know this? No, I do not. You do not? No. All right. You know what? We'll scrap that one. <laughs> you can take a guess for fun if you it's want. Not, is no. it Yumiku, Koharu, Himurai, Yuna? I think it was the first one. Yes, it is the first yeah. one, so you I, got that right. I, I would have said Yoko. I knew it started with a no Y. All right. Then the last one is, this is you're not going to get any, uh, you're not going to get any tra- uh, multiple choice. Okay. When you got traded to the Seattle Mariners in 2001, who did you get? Who did you get traded with? And who did the Padres get back? I want every name that was in that trade. Okay, so it was. I I know I went over with Waskar Serrano. Waskar Serrano. That's Waskar. the one I didn't think he was going to get. Wow. And Waskar the, the Serrano. Padres got. Wait, wait, wait! But there was another guy in there who ended up playing for the Phillies. A utility guy played third base a little bit, shortstop. Uh, AA is his initials. Alex Arias. Alex Arias. Great guy. He was in that trade. Great guy. All right, and there's three guys in the trade coming back. Tomko. Tomko is correct. Lampkin. Lampkin is correct. And there's one more. Uh, RV is his... Uh, Ron Valone? No, <laughs> not Ron Valone. Uh, Ramon Vasquez. Ramon Vasquez, yeah, middle sorry. infielder. I think yeah. he got it. He, 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 got, he won the Irish hat. Yeah, absolutely. Just for putting up with that Ben, quiz. you're getting the Irish hat. Sweet. Well, thank you. There it is. Thank you very much. All right. All right, boys, we got a game to play. That was fun. We're, I think we're uh, – JJ's got to get in here and start preparing for uh, for tonight's can you, game. Can you, you know, do I, a JJ – can you do a Jim Jackson impression? I cannot. Oh. I cannot do it. Larry I know, I know Mickey – every once a day, usually Mickey will say, Jim Jackson, my four-year-old. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like saying it. Because, you know, who, you say, who used to say that? Our man Sarge. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I think he called Sarge him. Sarge used to say. Didn't he call him Jim as Johnson well. at one point? As well. He called him Jim Johnson, I think, at one point. Has he butchered your name yet? No. No? No. He was calling Fransky uh, Timmy or uh, <laughs> something. <laughs> <laughs> he always gives me updates on Junior. You know, I always ask him how Junior's doing. Nice. And, uh, he's the yeah. best. You know, I was, it's nice to see that yellow thing in the sky. Yeah, the sun's trying I to poke out here. I told my wife this morning, I said, that Annie, I don't know, she's a liar. The sun will not come out tomorrow. <laughs> we haven't seen it in how long? Trying to make you feel like you're back in Seattle oh with the weather here. It's been uh, kind of tough the last few days. But, Ben, it's going to be a good night. I think we're going to get the win. I think you're bringing the Irish luck to us. I hope so. Thanks for coming I in, being so. a, a, a guest on Philly's Backstage. It's my pleasure, fellas. Sorry for my tardiness. Nah, no worries. Rob Brooks, you are the man back there. You know it. And, uh, folks, thanks for tuning in. And, uh, John, we'll be back next week, right? Next week. Sounds good. We might even have Jim Jackson. <laughs> And in the meantime, we'll see you at the ballpark. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.